Sometimes people are afraid of what God might do to them. Um, What if God were to ask us to do something that we really don't want to do? Uh, What if he was to tell us to go somewhere where we really don't want to go? Because he'll have ways of getting us there. If we remember old Jonah, he didn't want to go, so he headed off in the opposite direction. What what if God calls us to a task that we have absolutely no ambition to fulfil? We're coming towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount and next week's message is going to pretty much nearly wind it up. And today we get to hear more of what Jesus has to say to his disciples about prayer. And in prayer, Jesus wants us to ask and keep on asking with confidence because God will always give us good gifts. And we don't have to be afraid of what the answers are to to our prayers that God's going to give to us. We don't have to be afraid that God's answer to prayer is going to be bad because everything that God gives is good. Now, I guess... From experience, we probably all know that God doesn't always answer our prayers in exactly the way that we want them answered. And because usually we we either want them answered too quickly, um, and God's answer might be yes, but not just not yet, maybe a little bit later, um, or we could very well be asking for the wrong thing. And God will only give to us what is good for us. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. God is not distant. You know, sometimes we think that God is so far away that, that everything that he represents is so unattainable, unachievable for us. Ask, seek, knock, receive, find, open. Now, that doesn't mean that God will give us whatever we ask for. It doesn't mean that as long as I'm persistent enough in my prayers and and fervent enough in my prayers that I'll get whatever I set my heart on. The key to understanding this passage that we had here today, I believe, are the words, good gifts. God wants us to ask him for good gifts, not for whatever takes our fancy. You know what, way too often we don't ask him for the good gifts. Um, We ask him for all sorts of stuff that's not good for us. We ask him for all sorts of things that are of no kingdom value. Whereas the stuff that really matters, well sometimes we don't ask for these things at all. And sometimes we just don't ask for them because of fear. And the lesson for us today is don't be afraid. Now today I'm going to share, I'm going to list four good gifts that God wants you to have. Uh, He wants us to be asking for these gifts. And often we won't ask for them because of fear. Now, number one that heads that list, I believe, is the greatest gift that any of us can receive. And, of course, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fear that often holds us back is the fear of being born again. Okay? Like, um, there are pe- many people out in the world who are happy to get a little bit of religion, um, but they don't want to become one of those born-again Christians. 
um, where their newfound faith just seems to take over their lives. And if that's you, well, I've got news for you. There is no such thing as a Christian who has not been born again. You're either a born-again Christian or you're not a Christian at all. Getting a bit of religion just doesn't cut it with Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Um, Who can see the kingdom of God without being born again? No one. There is a radical transformation that takes place if we're to enter the kingdom of heaven. To be born again is to give up the old you and to grasp hold of Jesus Christ and his kingdom with every bit of your being. Now there are some, possibly even here today, who have been messing around the edges of the church, possibly for years, and they know that the Holy Spirit is urging them to surrender completely to Christ. But they haven't done that yet. Because they have a fear of being born again. Because they have a fear of giving themselves over completely to Christ. Do not be afraid. God does not give bad gifts. And if this is you, he's calling you out of darkness and into light. That's a good thing. He's calling you out of sin and into holiness. That's a good thing. He's calling you out of this world and into his kingdom. That's a good thing. He's calling you out of death and into life. And there's nothing bad about that. So stop resisting God. There's no reason to be afraid. To be born again is a good gift of God. It's the best gift. A second gift that scares people is the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Luke Luke recorded these same words of Jesus, he said this. Now, you realise that if we have a bunch of people here who are all all eyewitnesses of something that that we then tell a story of what we've seen, we'd get a few little differences, wouldn't we, of what we'd seen. And for me, people people look at the Bible and go, oh, look, differences there. That that just proves it can't be true. Um, Whereas for me, that is proof that it's true because if all the eyewitnesses accounts were exactly the same, you go, hang on, these fellows got together and and decided what they're going to try and put across. But no, Luke, Luke records these same words of Jesus, but this is how Luke remembers it. Jesus said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, Jesus personified good gifts with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is God himself. And it is by the Holy Spirit that God lives inside of us. Now, that'll change you. Having God living on the inside has got to change you. But it's a wonderful change. Have you ever noticed the way that houses change depending on who lives in them? Have you ever noticed that? Like, if you get a bad tenant in a house, they can utterly destroy a house in a matter of weeks or probably even days. Um, It gets filled up with filth and grime, their rubbish attracts cockroaches and vermins, their pets fill it with lice and fleas. And that house can just degrade so quickly. And some people think, right, well, I'm not going to put tenants in there in case we end up with bad tenants, so let's just leave it empty 
How long does a house stay good when it's empty? Not very long. Doesn't take long, and the, you notice in the garden first, as the garden dies and the yard gets overgrown, the, and then the house, the gutters start to leak, and the cobwebs form, and, and the rats and the mice move in. But if you have a house with a good tenant, well, they maintain those little things that need doing, and they keep it in good order. They keep it clean and tidy. They do the repairs and maintenance. They take out whatever rots there and replace it with good stuff. And your life is much like a house. If you let the evil one in, your life will end up a mess in double quick time. And if you try and keep the Holy Spirit out, your Christian life will fall into a shambles pretty quick. But when the Lord is resident in your heart, when you invite the Holy Spirit in and make God welcome inside of you, he starts to put your house in order. Sadly though, some people are scared of the Holy Spirit. Some of us might have experienced division within a church and the Holy Spirit has been blamed for that division. I've got to say that's not fair because God doesn't give bad gifts and the Holy Spirit, God himself, is a wonderful gift. The Holy Spirit never divides a church. Human sinfulness and Satan's meddling is what divides a church. See, the Holy Spirit brings power and order to your life And the Holy Spirit brings power and order to the church. Now, as a parent, for me, one of the greatest disappointments that I can imagine is to give to my children a wonderful gift, but then for them to see them acting selfishly and hoarding it for themselves and hurting other people with it. For me, that would be one of the greatest disappointments, and I'll just take that gift right away from them and can't have it. You got that, Ben? Right? So if I ever give you a really good gift and then you start being selfish about it and making people feel bad because you've got it, I'll be taking it off you. When Jesus taught his disciples about good gifts, the good gifts of God, he brought it right back to our relationship with others. In verse 12 he said, In everything that you do, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And you know, that's what I find in the New Testament. Whenever there's good teaching on on the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit, it's always put in relation of love. So in Corinthians where we read about the the gifts of the Spirit, he says, but now here's the more excellent way and that's where we've got that greatest passage on love that any of us have ever heard. It would be, I think. Gifts from God are good gifts and the gift of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful gift and as you receive that gift in everything that you do, Do to others what you would have them do to you and see what kind of a homemaker the Holy Spirit is and see what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. 
Which brings us to the third gift, which is what I'm going to call the gift of transformation. Um, If Jesus is resident in your life, he's going to do more than change the curtains. He's going to make some pretty major changes in your life. Now, some people are afraid of the changes that God might make in them. Some people fear, well, if I give up drunkenness, then I'm not going to fit in with my mates. Uh, If I stop swearing, people won't take any notice of what I say. I've got to have something to give emphasis to my words. Uh, If I stop fighting and if I lose my tough exterior, people won't respect me anymore. Well, God wants to transform every one of us. And that transformation is a good thing. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 is one of my favourite passages. It's where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And we should be praying and asking God for these things. We should be praying that God would work his transformation in our lives. Um, Pray that the Holy Spirit would turn your hatred to love. That he'd take your sadness and give you joy. That he'd take your anxieties and give you peace. That he'd turn your cruelty into kindness. That he'd take your evil and give you goodness that he would replace your unreliability with faithfulness that he would take your harshness and give you gentleness and that quick temper would become self-control now are any of these changes a bad thing? of course not don't be scared of how God would change you And be open to that and be asking, Lord, transform me into the person that you want me to be. (coughs) And finally, the fourth gift that God wants us to ask for are spiritual gifts. Now, do you all know what spiritual gifts are? Well, I'll tell you what they're not. Spiritual gifts are not natural skills, talents or abilities. They're not things that we learn. They're not things that we're taught. Um, God wants us to use those things for his glory as well. But they're not the spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are the God-given ability to do something that you couldn't otherwise do. Here are a few examples. The gift of healing. Now that doesn't mean that you've gone and got a medical degree and you know what medicine to give someone. The gift of healing is where people are miraculously healed when you pray for them. And it's not you that does that. It's God that does that. There's a gift of preaching where God takes someone who is probably a terrible public speaker and fills them with a passion and a power to share the gospel. There's the gift of evangelism where listeners are constantly challenged and are cut to the heart and they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not the skills of the person delivering the message. It's God that's doing the work. There's a gift of speaking in other languages 
where some people all of a sudden begin to speak in a language that they've never been taught and other people can understand them. Now, it's not you that does that, it's God that does that. There's a gift of discernment where God gives people the ability to just know if something is of God or if something is of human origin or if it's something of the devil. See, because sometimes people pretend to be doing stuff and that's just of human origin. Sometimes the devil will try and mimic what God does to try and deceive people and sometimes it's God himself who's doing things. And the gift of discernment is when somebody just straight away knows there's something not right about this person or there's something not right in what's going on in that church. That's the gift of discernment. And it's not their cleverness that's helped them to work it out. That's simply God working through that person. There is the gift of giving where God gives someone the ability to be able to earn money and then they are able to give that away to support missions and ministries or to feed the poor. And then there's a gift of mercy, where God fills somebody with a love and a compassion for those who are often hard to love. Now that's just a few examples. But God gives all Christians spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Ask God to give you spiritual gifts. And keep on asking. Eagerly desire these things. I won't become Ben again. But we've all got kids and we know when they eagerly desire something. Dad, can I have such and such? And then a little bit later, Dad, Dad, please, 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 please. And then maybe a few days later when they think you're in a better mood, Dad, I was really thinking such and such. Yeah, you know what it means to eagerly desire something, don't you? And you've just got to keep asking God, please give me these things. Now, some people are really keen for spiritual gifts, but then some people are dead scared of them. And I've often wondered, what, what, what is this fear? What is this fear? And I know one of the major fears of spiritual gifts is, what if God gives me a gift, like a really upfront gift, and... I don't want to be seen by people. I'm really not an upfront person. I'll make cups of tea as long as you like, but I don't want to be upfront. Um, well, what will people think of me if if I start healing people? They're going to think that I'm a loon. You know, I'm a crazy person. Um, I want to tell you, if you're fearful of these things, that probably makes you just the right person to receive that gift from God. Um, and I say this because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. And if you're the sort of person who doesn't want to draw attention to yourself, you're exactly the sort of person that God wants to give gifts to. Because God doesn't give spiritual gifts so that we can draw attention to ourselves. Spiritual gifts are supposed to always point to the Lord Jesus Christ so that he gets the glory. For example, I believe God has given me a spiritual gift of teaching. That's what I'm doing now. I'm using that gift now. Now, if you all go home today and say to yourselves and say to each other, well, wasn't, wasn't Michael really great today? Didn't, yep, didn't he do a great job of teaching and it wasn't that wonderful? Well, if you go home saying that, I've failed. I've failed dismally. Because that's not why God's given me the gift. 
But if you all go home today saying, isn't the Lord wonderful? If you go home today feeling a new confidence to pray and to ask God for his good gifts, then God has been good and he has done his work through me. Because God is wanting to speak to you today. It's not me. God is wanting to speak to you today and say to you, I've got good gifts for you. And I want you to be asking for them. Stop asking for the, for the dodgy, selfish stuff and start asking for the kingdom stuff. God doesn't want you to do his work. And he doesn't want me to do his work. God wants to do his work through you. And God wants you to experience him doing his work through you. And that is the greatest, the greatest feeling that you can get. Is when you know that God has done something. When, when something amazing has happened. And you know that it was totally out of your capacity to be able to make that happen. You know that God's done it. And you know that God's done it through you. So don't be afraid of what gifts God might give you. Now, there are all sorts of fears. But ultimately, it's a fear of what we might become. Or it's a fear of what God might actually do with us. And what we need to do is we need to get past those fears. We need to trust in God. Because God will only give us good gifts. Even if you feel a bit apprehensive about it, God won't give you anything that's not good for you. So pray with confidence, asking him for good gifts. For the gift of Jesus Christ, that you would be born again. Ask him that that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would take up residence in your life. Ask that the Holy Spirit would begin to transform your character into the man or woman that God wants you to be. And ask him for the spiritual gifts so that he could do his wonderful works through you.